Corwin and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones and yes we're transmitting live from our station here at www.twave.tv, twitcasting.tv and our various networks. So we thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're going to continue looking at the prophetic book of 2 Peter as we find ourselves in 2 Peter chapter 3 talking about the scoffers when it comes to the day of the Lord. For those of you following us live via Facebook, we'd love for you to post your questions or your comments for us and be part of the conversation. And make sure that you share that link with your friends so that they can be part of the program as well. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, a word that uh, gives us such hope for the future. And we do pray, Lord, that, that we will all grow in our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Big Batista and Nathan Jones. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Aventura, Calvary Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on www.twave.tv. Of course, if you find yourselves in the Aventura Hollandale area, We'd love for you to stop by and be part of our Bible studies and our programs. Of course, we meet here at 1000 Foster Road, Hallandale, Florida, 33009. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30. These are the times of the services and Bible studies, so you can study the Word of God with us. And of course, if you would like to be a student of eschatology and biblical prophecy, would you consider being part of the Calvary Chapel Bible Prophecy School of Ministry as well as the Truth Will Set You Free Seminary and earn your degree in eschatology. More information at 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And of course, we are very excited about today's program, but before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. And let me say that you have a school that's dedicated to the subject of eschatology, the study of end times, and Bible prophecies. Pretty impressive. I've only seen one other school offer that. And so it's so good to see that you're offering that to people. I hope people will latch on and get excited about studying that 31% of the Bible that is prophecy. Absolutely. Yes, Nathan, thank you so much. We see that there has been a great decline in an interest and also in the teaching of eschatology by many pastors in many churches and we're so grateful for individuals such as Dr. Reagan and Chuck Smith and those that continue to encourage the study of eschatology and um, we started our school here uh, over two years ago dedicating it to these great men such as Chuck Smith and also Tim LaHaye uh, individuals that just love the teaching of the soon return of Jesus. So we just want to encourage that next generation, right, Nathan, with this incredible teachings. Amen, brother. I am excited that we are covering this topic because it's a topic that needs to be... The Lord wants us to know what His plan for the ages is, is the future holds. And uh, when we do neglect that, we don't get excited about Christ's victory and all of His is moving towards Christ's victory. Excellent point. And I love the way you put it, Christ's victory. Nathan, we've seen also a victory uh, in the United States of America when Christians have come together in prayer and unity. And uh, we see now there's a fresh hope uh, with this uh, uh, new direction of the United States of America. And I just think, Nathan, God has given us a few more years to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And we know he's coming soon. 
Amen, brother. Jesus was coming soon. In Revelation 22, he said it three times. I'm coming quickly. I'm coming quickly. I'm coming soon. It seems like 2,000 years is a long time, but what we will read today will explain why it seems like 2,000 years has been so long for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got so we to we, we have patience, right, Nathan? God is outside of our time frame. Exactly. And uh, time, I think, is created for humans. And once we are in heaven, time might uh, likely not have any meaning for us. Excellent point. So Nathan, you and I have been making our way through uh, this wonderful prophetic book of Second Peter. And it's a small book, but yet it's just packed with incredible prophecies. And uh, you, you opened up to us chapters 1 and chapters 2. Last week, we closed chapter 2 of Second Peter. But Nate, just in case someone maybe wasn't tuned into a program, might you be able to give us a quick recap there of what we noticed in chapter 2 and then moving on to chapter 3? Well, chapter 2 was all about false prophets. Matter of fact, in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, when Jesus was talking about the end times, three times he brought up the fact that false prophets will be prevalent in the last days, in the end times. And as more false prophets deceive more people, that we knew that we were getting closer and closer to Jesus' return. And that's what he covered. And Peter wanted to help protect the churches that he was writing to so that they wouldn't have discern and know how to recognize, for one, these false prophets, but two, then, to be able to avoid them and to publicly rebuke them and rescue people from being deceived. And that's what Peter's doing here. He's rescuing us from being deceived. Mm, excellent point. And, and Nathan, we know the Bible speaks clearly that as the days draw closer, more and more people are going to scoff of the idea of the coming of the Lord. And uh, there's many examples of individuals uh, that have scoffed at it. But we, you and I, uh, believe that the Lord is now nearer than ever before. And that's what we're going to be looking in Second Peter chapter 3. So, yeah, Nate, if you can take us through those verses, that would be fantastic. In case someone out there doesn't have a Bible, they can follow along with us. Okay. Well, let's uh, do 1 through 7. That would be the first section. It's Beloved. I now write to you this second epistle, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this, they willfully forget that by the word of the God of the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with the water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Nathan, excellent. Nathan, excellent point. Thank you so much. And I mean, there, there's a lot there in those verses, but I love verse 1, Nathan, because... I noticed that since we have a tendency to forget things, Peter says he's writing uh, uh, the second epistle. And of course, we know that there was a first epistle, right? <laughs> yeah, first Peter. Yeah, and for everyone, that one epistle means letter. Again, the, the early churches didn't have the New Testament yet. They had letters that the apostles and would write, and of course the, the Gospels too, which is their first-hand witness of Jesus' life, and they passed them around from church to church. They they mailed them to each other via messenger, and this is what Peter was doing. Now, eventually, of course, the, the church made them official letters of the Bible, and 
clearly saw their inspiration and then they were canonized and put as what we call the New Testament. But at Peter's time here, the New Testament was nothing more than a collection of letters that was sent around from church to church. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good point. And you know, Nathan, I also love verse 2 because he, he's, he writes uh, regarding uh, the scriptures that were given to them by the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that in chapter 1 of Second Peter when it comes to prophecy that is of no man's interpretation, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's what, how the different synods and had looked at these different verses and, and figured out how these letters were actually inspired by Jesus Christ. They, they met the criteria. They were right. known witnesses, the right. fact of their authenticity. They jived with what Jesus taught and what the Bible taught. And uh, even in verse points back to the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. In other words, these churches weren't just reading out of a New New Testament only uh, set of letters. Right. They had the Old Testament. They were studying the Old Testament. We even today churches should not neglect the Old Testament because uh, the New Testament church mm -hmm. relied heavily on the teaching of the Old Testament, and that's what uh, Peter's referring to here. Excellent point, and, that, and that's why Nathan, as we look at this. Um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the prophecies here in chapter 3, they are so precise, and, and I know some of them, of course, haven't occurred yet, and this is why people are coming and scoffing at this idea uh, of the coming of the Lord. And Nathan, throughout even our time, there's been a lot of scoffers, right? They seem to get more and more vocal, don't they? Yeah, I've heard so many, uh, you know, that like we mentioned uh, um Van Campen and just so many others throughout the time where when it comes to the idea of the coming of the Lord, either people are erroneously predicting things or some don't think it's going to happen at all. And Nathan, why do you think is that? Maybe it's because there's been so many false prophets in the past? Could be. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when Let's Great Planet Earth broke out in 1970 or so, everyone was really excited. Jesus coming soon, Jesus coming soon, you know, and then the Left Behind uh, movies and, and right. books brought a, a renaissance of a Bible prophecy, ah, he's coming soon, Jesus coming soon. And time came, and time came, and time came, and it passed, and, and nothing happened. Jesus didn't come back. And so people have given up. And so and those who have given up have actually become rather bitter about it. Mm. And on the top of it all, you've got all these, like you said, Van Camping and the others are uh, going around, oh, sorry, Harold Camping, are going around and Saying that, well, the you know the end day will happen on this day, and that day, and those days come and go, and they're like, well, this this whole Bible prophecy thing is nonsense, you know. Right. They've been saying for decades Jesus coming back. Jesus himself said that, and that was two thousand years ago. Right. Clearly, this is nonsense. <laughs> and Nathan and I can understand, but see, I've learned throughout the years, Nathan, to just uh, recognize. That the Lord can come at any moment and not to listen to date setters because that's where I think people are let down. But I think the Great Commission is clear. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. So we just need to be busy about what the Lord has called us to do. And in the midst of that, if the rapture takes place, we'll praise the Lord. But at least we're busy doing what he called us to do. <laughs> exactly. And, and I really don't think that the, the audience of 3 through 7... I don't think Peter here is talking about atheists or non-believers. Clearly, they're going to scoff at anything the Bible says, not That's just true. Bible prophecy. Uh, it's not directed really at believers. Uh, clearly, believers can scoff at it because we get dejected and we get impatient. But I think the key to it here is for those who have the truth, they know the Bible, but have rejected it at some point. And it's, it's because, as verse 3 says, 
they walk after their own lusts. In other yes. words, they've rejected the Word of God mm. because they want to live in the sin nature. And those are the people, I believe, that Peter's referring to mm. here. Excellent point, Nathan. And that's why we, we need to look at this scriptures. The word scoffer is not one that we use in our vocabulary much today, right, Nathan? And uh, some people might, might be watching or listening and saying, why it's a scoffer? Uh, I know sometimes you're able to pull up your dictionary definition there, Nate, for scoffer. <laughs> <laughs> Dictionary.com, man, wonderful thing. <laughs> you know, uh, when we're talking about the scoffing, it's those that look down or put down or they don't believe uh, certain things. And uh, again, we believe the Bible is true. It's, it's the inspired Word of God. And its promises are true. And that's why I, I like verse 4, Nathan. It says, and saying, where is the promise of his coming. But the Bible is filled of promises, right, Nate? It is. It is. And to scoff it, to answer your question, courtedictionary.com, is to speak derisively, to mock, and to jeer. Right. So there's more than just rejecting something, it's to make fun of it, to be yeah. snide about it, to have contempt for it. And that's what the feeling here is with these scoffers. Mm, excellent point. I didn't get to pull out my dictionary.com as fast as you, but that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it helps when we open up certain words because some of them we don't, we don't use in today's vocabulary, right, Nathan? No, no, we don't. We don't think. Well, I mean, you think he's scoffing at the idea, so I don't think it's like a totally unknown word. Right. But uh, Peter is pulling out here. These aren't people that just reject the Bible or Christians that are tired of waiting. These are people that have, re have rejected. They have the truth and they've rejected it because they want to live after their own lust. Mm. And so they stop at it. And what do they say? They say, where is the promise right. that is coming? And then they point back, well, since the fathers fell asleep, remember, yeah. since our ancestors died, things have been the same since the beginning of creation. Now, it's, this is a term here called uniformitarianism. It's a, a geological term. It's this idea evolutionists pulled from is that everything has been the same. It's been slowly changing over the years. Now we've mutated and evolved into something. But overall, everything has been pretty much the same since the creation. And they're not talking about the creation, capital C, of God creating the universe. They're talking about a big bang, you know, since things came about. Mm. So they are totally saying, well, everything's been the same. Nothing's going to change. They went to a conference once, and uh, we wear many hats here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, and... Uh, this was a small conference, so I was actually directing traffic before, and uh, the building was right next to a plumber's depot, and the plumber came up with his truck, and he parked, and he came out, and he's scratching his head, and he's wondering why the parking lot was so full, and he came over to me and said, well, what's going on? I said, oh, we're having a, a Bible prophecy conference. We believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon, and the look on his face, he got that scoffer's face, that, that mocking face, and he says, that's nonsense. Everything has been the same forever. Nothing's changed. Everything's the same. Everything will continue to be the same. That's ridiculous. And immediately, Second Peter 3, 4 came to mind. Because he fit that to a T. He had the truth, but he didn't want Jesus to come back because they're living in the lust, as this verse says. That's the, the reason why they scoff at that and claim that everything's been since the beginning. Which is, as you know, a totally unscientific view, because you'd have to be there from the beginning to observe it, to claim that everything's always been the same. 
Excellent point. Excellent point. <laughs> you know, Nathan, and it also reminds me what Jesus said in, 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 through the scriptures in terms of how it was in the times of Noah, right, Nate? And, and we see so much of that even today. Well, this is, I think, a fascinating verse because this verse is so applicable for today, verse 5. Yes. They, they willingly forget. In other words, on purpose, they okay. deny any kind of evidence that this happened. What is the evidence of what happened? That the word of God, the heavens were of old, mm -hmm. and the earth standing out in water and water. In other words, the earth first was darkness and void, and then there was water. But then the creation happened, and then the Lord judged the earth with a flood and flooded exactly. out the whole world. In other words, they reject the creation. Mm. What are these people? These are evolutionists. These are people who reject the idea right. that the Lord judged the earth and that he will judge the earth again. They don't want the Lord to come back. No. They don't want the Lord to come in judgment, which he's promised many times throughout the Bible. And so, again, here it says they willfully believe the lie. They're, they're willfully ignorant. They choose to be dumb on purpose. Mm. And brother, if that anything defines the current thinking in evolution today, yeah. the Bible is pointing hundreds of years into the future in our day and age, yeah. people who believe in evolution. Well, excellent. Well, excellent point, Nathan. Thank you again. You're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're discussing Second Peter chapter three, this incredible prophetic book. Again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, would encourage you. Grab your Bible, follow along with us. If you're following us on social media and you want to post a questions or a comment for Nathan or myself, feel free to do so. We have Enzo in the background. He'll feed those for us for discussion. But we would love to uh, hear from you. Nathan, you touched on a topic that is, I mean, very prevalent for today, and that is evolution. And there's so much following and so much confusion. And it starts when people stop believing the literal interpretation of the Word of God, especially the book of Genesis. Right, Nate? You do, you do, and when you start disbelieving the Bible and taking it for its little meaning, then you don't have trust in God anymore. And when the world seems to be falling apart, you don't believe that He's coming back in victory. Then you think God's abandoned us, and you lose faith and hope in God, and the whole thing collapses around you. But when you put your trust in God's Word, the Bible, and then in Himself, and you know that His victory is coming, that right. He will return. And he will bring judgment, and he will bring blessing on those who follow him. Yeah. And then your whole life gets put back in the right perspective, the perspective God wants you to have. You know, Nathan, that, that's why the Word of God is so encouraging, the promises. I love the word promise here in verse 4. And not only that, but, you know, when the world was flooded, God left the promise that he would never again flood the earth. And, and he gave us a rainbow. And that means, right, Nate, that the whole world hasn't experienced a worldwide flood, correct? And I think it's a great testimony to the fact when you hear so much of these climate alarmists saying, oh, the ice caps are melting, the world will be flooded, the world will be flooded. Well, you know, maybe on the coastal cities you live, and God bless you for living in Miami, but, you know, as you see the demographics of the United States, the climate alarmists tend to live on the coastline. Right. Hmm, interesting. But they, they, they say that eventually the world will be flooded. Yeah. No, it won't. The world will never be flooded, ever again. The Lord has made that promise. Yes. The world will never be flooded. Now, is it reserved for the fire of judgment? Most indeed. And if you, you read through Revelation, you see that, that eventually, after uh, the world, uh, the millennial kingdom and Satan's last revolt, mm -hmm. that God will burn up the world, reformat and reshape it until what's called New Earth, and that will be the eternal earth that we dwell in, in a city called the New Jerusalem, which is heaven on earth. That's the future. And 
if you're a believer in Christ, that's exciting. That's it. That is something. That's your future. But if you were one of these scoffers running after your own lust, you know justice is coming for you, and you don't want that to happen. So you live in a consistent, uh, constant state of denial, right. where you say, "Ah, oh, everything's been the same," <laughs> and uh, there, there was never a flood, and God's not going to come back to judge anybody, brother. That's denial. That's that's crazy. Why would you deny reality? You know, Nathan, that people are trying to live in a virtual reality, right? Today. <laughs> and not, and not, <laughs> Have you tried those virtuality sets? They're pretty impressive. They get more and more impressive. Yeah, and I think you're right. I've never seen a generation like ours. Yes. that consistently believes that they don't have to live in reality. They can yeah. create their own fantasy, that yes. truth can be whatever they want, and everybody can work and live together with the idea that truth is relative. But brother, we're saying the world ripped itself apart Absolutely. because all these different truths can't coexist together. Mm, and there's not such thing as different truths. There's one truth, yeah. and that's the truth yeah. the author and creator of all things. And yeah. he's the one who we need to get our truth from. You know, Nathan, that's why Satan, he's attacking especially creation in the book of Genesis so much. Uh, we see it so much. And uh, I like um, the big art that they built there. I think it's in Tennessee by Ken Hamney. Oh, in Kentucky, yes. Uh, up north near uh, Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. In, 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 in that whole museum sort of building that they put, is so that when people visit, they can see the story of creation. They can see what really happened. And Nathan, for people that want to see the truth, there's evidence all around them. I mean, when we talk about the flood, right, they've uncovered so many things that, that, that literally point to a literal flood on the earth, right? Oh, I think one of the greatest examples, uh, if you watch any of uh, Go to Creations Today with Eric Coven, and he does these Creation Minute videos, one minute videos that teach you a little bit about creation. One of them is how he can prove the flood. Man, he goes through like 10 or so different proofs. I'm, now, this is under a minute of, of the proof that there is a flood. And I think one of the greatest ones is on top of Mount Everest, tallest mountain in the world, you can find seashells. How do seashells get on top of Mount Everest? And in a closed position, not an open position, like they were dead and buried, but that they were alive at one point. So the waters, once point, were over Mount Everest. They were over the entire world. And that's just one of the many proofs they have that the flood is the real deal. The, the geological strata shows that it was a flood because it rapidly put down, not, not uniformitarianism, where mm -hmm. over millions of years one layer went down on another. The explosion of Mount St. Helens disproved uniformitarianism because it laid down the layer so fast and cleared out the area because you know the, the uh, when the eruption happened that it proved that the flood could create the geological yeah. strata very very quickly excellent point and nathan again you know for those that really want to see the truth it's all around them but for those like it says in verse five who willingly forget and people today you can show them the truth and, and, and they don't want to see it but it has to be a work of the holy spirit right nathan opening the hearts and the minds of people to see the truth and satan has clouded the minds of so many. That's what we're seeing today. He does. He does. And, and I feel for those who have been waiting for the Lord to come back. I, I remember when I was going to come to work at Lamb and Lion Ministries, and my uh, previous supervisor at the time in my last position uh, said, yeah, I used to read Hal Lindsey, and, and, but Jesus never came, so I gave up. <laughs> and this is where we get at verse 8. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, yes. and a thousand years as one day. 
The Lord is not slack or slow concerning his promise, as some concern, uh, count mm-hmm. slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, willing that any should perish, yes. but that all should come to repentance. And that's God's reasons right there. Exactly. And Nathan, you and I, we, you and I we've been doing this program for so many years, and it's to encourage, <laughs> it's to encourage the individuals out there to know that really that God hasn't closed the door, if you will, like he did on Noah's Ark. He's leaving it open so that others will be able to come. But Nate, those doors will be closed soon. They will be. Uh, no, again, it says a day is, is like a thousand years, as, or like it's a comparison. And some people say every thousand years for God. That's not true. That's not what the Bible says. There's as a thousand. So for us, yes, two thousand years, Oh my word, it seems like it's forever that Jesus comes back. But go back to previous verse where it says, the promise of his coming, verse mm-hmm. 4. He promised, and if God promised, it will happen. It might seem like it's been forever, but for God, it's just been like two days to him. That is what Peter's saying. In other words, it's a comparison. Time is just a different concept for God, and when he comes back, he's come back. But he's been holding off. And why has he been holding off uh, concerning his promise? It's because he wants all people to come to salvation. He's given them every opportunity. And brother, I'm thankful that the Lord didn't come back in the first or second century. Because you and I, that's we right, be alive. There would be no chance for us to be alive or come to repentance or any of us here. So the Lord, we should praise the Lord. He's taking the time because we wouldn't exist if He didn't take it. Excellent boy. And Nathan, I think Nathan, I think you're also just prophetically speaking to someone out there who's watching or listening because. That's what this is all about. God loves individuals. He's giving them an opportunity. And I'm with you, Nathan. I am so glad that the Lord didn't return 20 years ago or so. Otherwise, <laughs> we, would, we would not be doing this program. <laughs> we would not. We would not. And, you know, I don't know how much longer I believe that the signs of the times that Jesus gave us point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. Clearly, Israel being back to the land. Of exactly. Super sign shows that Jesus is coming back. Uh, but, you know, it could be. 10, 20, 30 years or more. Who knows? But the Lord is patient. He's long-suffering because he wants all to come to repentance. Uh, now, will everyone come to repentance? No, of course not. But he's given us every opportunity to come to repentance. Absolutely. And Nathan, uh, you know, I love Franklin serving as such an incredible example uh, of prayer, going throughout the states and praying and calling people to repentance because you and I agree that there's a flood coming. And it's a flood of fire. We'll talk about it on our, on our next, next program. But the reality is that God is calling individuals to repent. There's a lot of hideous sins in the United States of America in people's lives, Nate. And, and people need to take this uh, uh, serious that, uh, you know, God came and sacrificed His Son Jesus on the cross. It was for uh, our real sins, our real lifestyles. And God continues to do that to give people opportunity. But Nathan, people need to uh, repent. Can you talk to us a little bit about what repentance is, Nathan? Maybe for someone out there who's not very familiar with what this means. Well, repentance is kind of like making a 180 degree turn. You're heading in one direction, but you immediately turn around and head the other direction. That's the core meaning of repentance is to repent or to ask forgiveness, to, yes. to lament the actions that you performed, and to go the opposite way, do the opposite thing. And the Lord calls us to repentance all the time, not just to get salvation, which that means, uh, how do I explain it better? It, it, 
repentance is necessary for salvation because it means that your heart is turning 180 degrees in the other direction against God. Yes. You're not rebelling against God anymore. You are conforming to God's will, to, mm. to Jesus Christ. And Jesus provides us the way by dying on the cross for our sins. And when he died on the cross for our sins, that gave us the forgiveness to be saved. But we have to repent, turn away from putting ourselves in the driver's seat and put Jesus in the driver's seat of our lives. Very well put, Nathan. Thank you so much. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Who Set You Free Bible Prophecy, TV Radio Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones, as we're looking at the prophetic book of 2 Peter. We are in chapter 3, and we're talking about the subject matter of repentance, turning to Christ while there is still time. And for those of you that are watching, maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord. We want to encourage you to come to Christ while there is still time. There is a real danger that the Bible talks about that is coming to this world. And there's a great deception. There are still people scoffing at the idea uh, of God's uh, return. And uh, we, want, we want you to be part of those that are going to go to heaven when the rapture does occur, when the Lord comes back. Uh, Nathan, I think there's a misconception with some people because there's a rapture, there's a second coming. Can you talk to us a little bit about that just to clarify that? Well, Jesus promises that he will take up or rapture, catch up, caught up, take up to heaven those who have accepted him as Savior, the church, that's all of us today. And we will be taken up before he pours his judgment out on the world. And for seven years, his judgment over 21 judgments will be poured out on the world. And at the end of those seven years, Jesus will return to defeat Satan and the Antichrist mm -hmm. to set up his kingdom. And so this, that's the official second coming. But you can also consider the second coming as one return in two stages, the rapture right. before the tribulation and the second coming at the end of the tribulation. Excellent point. And thank you. We just wanted to clarify that, Nathan, because we want people to recognize that if they're believers now, they are going to go at the rapture and we will not go through the period called the tribulation. And, and that is the hope that we want to offer those of you that are tuned into the program. And they, I know we only have about a minute left to the program, but again, will you be able uh, to share with that person watching or listening how they can begin their relationship with Jesus right now? Well, it means repentance, to turn away from putting yourself in the driver's seat. That You once were a scoffer, you once were at odds against God, right. in rebellion against God, but you were ready to surrender, to give your life to Jesus Christ, to live under His will. And you do that by praying from your heart. Something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And He will promise to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. You'll be given a new life in Him. And you will inherit the eternal hope He has given us of life with Him forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that good news with those that are watching and listening. And maybe you pray that prayer and trust it in Christ. We would love to hear from you. We would love for you to write to us at 1000 Foster Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009. We want to celebrate with you. We want to send you a Bible so that you can continue to grow in your, in your relationship with the Lord. If you're watching us live and you're watching us via social media, post there that you received Jesus. We would love to celebrate with you and also encourage you as well. But of course, we're very excited because the Holy Spirit, God is still at work. His Holy Spirit is at work in these last days, calling people out to return and repent to the Lord Jesus. So Nathan Jones, we are so excited because every time you and I uh, get to do these programs, it's just a call to encourage people uh, to come to, the, to Jesus Christ while there is still hope. So Nathan, I'm always so thankful uh, for you and thank you for using dictionary.com. 
to uh, uh, open up to us this cup. Yeah, I guess if you want to go that farther, my Bible here is BibleGateway.com. So there you go. Awesome, awesome. But Nathan, thank you so much. It's always a joy to have you on the program. And I thank you for joining us every week from Texas and opening up the scriptures to us. Amen, brother. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. And I pray you have an awesome week. And of course, for those of you that are tuned in, we've ran out of time for this segment of the program. But Lord willing, we will be back next week. So next week, so Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Listen, if you're in need of prayer, our lines will remain open 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. 321-363-8463. May the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful day. Like a phone,